Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. Good morning, church. Oh, I can do better than that. Good morning, church. There we go. Is it all good if we could just dim those lights a touch so I can see everyone? Something about this uh, wobbly um, lectern, eh? It just feels like home. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, eh? Um, I have to apologise first if I sound a wee bit nasally. I was uh, a wee bit crook at the start of this week. And um, thankfully it wasn't COVID, though, because last time I was meant to preach, I got COVID. Um, although I'm grateful because our local superhero, Trista, was able to pick up my slack. Um, but on that note, uh, if anyone wants to hear a Christmas sermon in the middle of February, I've got one locked and loaded for you. Might have to wait, though. Uh, well, we're into our second week of our teaching series, focusing on God's presence. And today, our topic is posturing in His presence. Posturing in His presence. And uh, we'll find ourselves in Exodus 3 in a short while. But before we get there, um, I wanted to take a few moments just to speak to uh, the importance of the subject, and and you know what it is I mean when I say the words posturing in His presence. Sound good? Cool. All right. Well, the presence of God—it's it's a very familiar concept to most of us Christians, eh? It's something that has been with us since the dawn of creation, uh, since the beginning of time. God's presence has been here, and it, actually, for lack of a better word, God's presence has always been present. And it goes even further than that because, um, you know, even beyond our creation, because God has always and will always be. Um, the verse is Isaiah 43, verse 13, and it says, From eternity to eternity, I am God. Now, this eternal existence of God, um, this, sorry, this indicates the eternal existence of God. And this eternal existence, uh, it makes for a very complex subject. Because, you know, and, and this is quite annoying for someone like me. It's a bit, of, bit frustrating. Because I have to prepare and preach a message already knowing that I will never even scratch the surface of the subject that I've been given. It's quite daunting, eh? But it's for this very reason that I find it, uh, you know, important to educate ourselves on a couple of key, um, key elements when we speak on God's presence. So firstly... Firstly, God's presence can never be fully understood, uh, at least not while we're here on this earth. How do I know that? Well, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 says, Now I know in part, but there I will know in full. And what that means for us is that while we're walking this earth, uh, we're never going to understand God's plan or God's presence in its fullness. Uh, that's something that waits for us. That's a reward that waits for us in heaven. Rather, we are to walk in faith, posture ourselves towards the presence of God, and focus on the part that He has revealed to us while we're here. Cool. And secondly, uh, for us to know that each one of us will encounter God's presence in a unique way, whether through giftings or experiences, the way that you worship, the way that you pray, the way that you serve, the way that you read God's Word, it's all, it all could look vastly different to those that are walking alongside you. Well, how do I know that? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4-6 to 6 says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. 
There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Now, the reason why I bring up these two points is because often, you know, the church will forget these two facts and revert to debating about some kind of uncertainty that may arise. Now, when I say the church, I don't mean specifically crossroads. I mean, you know, all of us, right, the body of Christ. We come across these uncertainties and all of a sudden we're, we're trying to, you know, format the correct way to, to be a Christian or the correct way to, to do things in the house of the Lord, forgetting about the individuality of our God, right? And these uncertainties, they can happen in our personal walks too. Uh, for me, a couple years ago, I, um, I was starting to have a few questions around the way that God spoke to me. Uh, you may not know me that well, but one of the uh, gift things I believe that I have is the, is the way that I hear God's voice. Now, it's not quite like how I'm speaking to you now, but rather when God reveals something to me, he does it through his voice. Uh, but I got to a stage a couple of years ago where um, I kind of realized that, you know, some of the people around me didn't experience it in that same way. And these were people that, you know, were just as faithful as me or people that I actually considered to be much more faithful than myself. And, uh, you know, you can, see how, uh, and, and you can see how my feet kind of got stuck in the mud of that uncertainty. It got me questioning whether or not the way that I was hearing God was authentic or not. You know, since this time, I've grown to appreciate the, uh, the differences between my brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's something I thoroughly enjoy seeing here at Crossroads. But, you know, these uncertainties, while we get stuck in the mud, they can, they can then often cause us to forget about the experiences we've had in God's Word. For me, it was, you know, whether or not God's voice was authentic. And, and, and all of a sudden, I forgot about the past 24 years of experience that I had in God's Word and the way that He had actually transformed my life through His voice. And uh, so you can see, eh, that it's something that we need to be really cautious of. The point I'm trying to get across in all this is that God in all of His infinite presence has a place for you and the specific talents and giftings that you have. You know, while your experience with God may look different to those around you, the more that you understand your relationship with Him, the better that you can posture yourselves in His presence. So quick recap. We know that God's presence can never be fully understood, and we, and we know that we will all encounter God's presence in a unique way. And that brings us to our topic today of posturing, posturing in His presence. So what is posture, aside from that one thing that your mum always corrects? Well, posture is the attitude that we have towards the presence of God. Posture is the way that we um, behave when we're in pursuit of His presence or when we're residing within it. That is what posture, um, posturing in His presence looks like. And so why do we actually want to learn more about this here at church today? Well, because when it comes to our relationship with God, there's only one aspect of it that changes, and it's not God. Uh, Micah 3 verses six, uh, verse 6 says, For I am the Lord your God, I do not change. So if it's not God that's changing, what is it? Well, it's our posture towards Him. You know, um, and that's just the nature of being human. You know, we're going to fall short and stumble at times, or actually at times we even might need to have a different posture, right, depending on what stage of life we might be in. God might be calling us to different, um, different postures at different moments. 
But thankfully, God knew all this about us, eh? And so he filled the Bible with examples of men and women who postured themselves in the presence of God, postured themselves towards the presence. Uh, the, the obvious example of this is Jesus, but today we get to look at Moses, one of the faithful leaders of the Old Testament. Uh, so let's turn to our reading this morning, found in Exodus 3. Um, it will be on the screen. Yep, there we go. And I'm just going to read from verses 1 to 15. Uh, otherwise, it can end up being quite, quite a long passage. Um, and this is the NLT translation. But before I get into that, I thought I'd just quickly pray over my message. Dear Lord, grant me your servant great boldness in preaching your word. Lord, would you stretch out your hands of healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders continue to be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, may your presence be evident in this room and in every room of every person watching online. Lord, we give this time to you and all of God's people said, Amen. Exodus 3, verses 1 to 15, read. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. How good. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. I have seen how harshly the Egyptians have abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested again, If I go to Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent, you to me, uh, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Uh, well, I heard this story many times in my life growing up. Uh, as a kid, mum and dad would uh, read me my children's Bible, and this was one of the stories that got chosen to be in there. Uh, I, I heard about it at Sunday school, I heard about it at Bible in schools, and you know, not to mention the fact that I'd seen the Prince of Egypt. So I was very well versed in this scripture. But you know, I loved this, I loved this story, eh, because you know, this idea of a burning but not burning bush, that was crazy to me. But I was willing to hear the Lord out on it. And I found myself thinking about it a lot, actually to the point where I had completely normalized it for myself. You know, I just thought, I just assumed, eh, 
if it happened to Moses, it will happen to me too. And so as a kid walking around, if I was to come across a burning bush, well, it wouldn't have surprised me. You know, I actually wouldn't have been shocked by it. It would have been something that I expected. Even further than that, I thought, you know, if I was to light a bush on fire, I'm sure that God would turn up. Thankfully, mum never let us play with fire. But, you know, I have to be cautious going forward, eh? Because if I'm to have kids and they hear about this story, lighters need to be out of reach. And actually, as I say that out loud, lighters probably already should be out of reach if I've got children in the house. But, but no, honestly, I might not even tell my kids about Moses and the burning bush until they're 12 years old. We might run a whole fire safety drill before we get there. Otherwise, I'm going to have Rebecca's garden looking like Mordor up in these streets, I'm telling you. But, you know, jokes aside, it's so cool to be able to come to a scripture in your adult years and to look back on it and to be just as fascinated, just as excited about it as you were as a child, right, 20 years ago for me. And uh, that is just a testament to the power of God's scripture and how it can be applied at any stage of your life, right? And that's something that's worth remembering. So what can Moses in the burning bush teach us today about posturing in his presence? Well, I want to break it down into three stages because I believe it's the best way to understand it. Firstly, we're going to do the posture Moses had before entering the presence, the posture he had while he was in it, and the posture Moses had after the encounter. Um, Because I think it's important not just to focus on how we should be posturing ourselves, but but also recognizing the transformative power of our God's presence, eh? And um, in order to do that, I might sneak into chapter four, but it's all God's word, so we should be all right. So my first point, posture before his presence. Posture before his presence. At the beginning of chapter 3, we have Moses tending to the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Uh, And uh, at this time, the animals that a man owned were, you know, one of his greatest assets. So I kind of guess we can say that Moses was one of the portfolio managers to his father's investments, father-in-law's investments, which, you know, as a son-in-law myself, is a terrifying thought. But for Moses, this was, this was just a part of his everyday life. Eh? This was ordinary for him. He had probably tended to this flock many times, if not hundreds of times. And this is where our first takeaway stems from, because you see, the part of the, jo- part of the job description for a shepherd is to be incredibly aware of the environment surrounding you and your livestock. Now, Jake could probably tell you a lot more about that than I can, but um, the vital role of a shepherd is to know their environment very well. And it's in this attentive nature that we see Moses recognize something happening around him that requires him to step out of his everyday life, step away from the day-to-day occupation, and step into something that was beyond him. And, um, you know, this behavioral aspect of Moses is something that can be directly applied to our lives today. As children of God and as people who have decided to walk our lives in faith, we need to be able to recognize the moments in our day-to-day that require us to step out of the ordinary and into the extraordinary. Amen? Now, uh, you know, it's not just every now and then. it's, It's every day being in a constant search of God's presence. Verse 3, Moses says to himself, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. Now, I will warn you now, it's probably not going to look that drastic. And and six-year-old Samuel would be incredibly disappointed to find out that not everyone gets to witness the burning but not burning bush. 
It, uh, actually, I don't know if anyone else has since that moment. But um, yeah, let me explain what I mean in this, because in the Old Testament, um, in the Old Covenant, the times of Moses, the way that the Lord appeared to people was through visitation, right? So there's, there's many times in the Old Testament where you'll see God appear to, to, to someone as the, you know, in the form of um, an angel or in the form of a burning bush in this situation. But now, now that we're in the, uh, the New Testament, right, the New Covenant, the covenant in which we currently reside in, w- the way that God appears to us is through habitation, the habitation of the Holy Spirit. You know, while it might seem frustrating at times that we can't just, you know, stumble across a burning bush, we have to remember that Moses didn't know God until he was about 60 years old. We know God from the moment we accept him into our life. How do I know that? Hebrews chapter 8 verses 10 and 11 says, For this is the covenant I will make with my house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each other, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall already know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, they will already know me. After recognizing this phenomenon, Moses comes to take a closer look at the burning bush. Verses 4 and 5 read, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. You know, you might feel prepared and attentive to God's presence. Well, maybe you don't at the moment. But, you know, there might be times in your lives where you struggle to experience His presence. Or maybe you struggle with some kind of reservation towards an encounter. Or, or maybe even you just struggle, you know, with the fact that it feels like God's a wee bit distant from you. Can I encourage you, church? Sometimes we need to take the sandals off before we can step into the holy ground. Sometimes there are things that are preventing us from having an intimate, intimate moment with God, things that need to be reconciled before your relationship with Him can actually grow. In my teenage years, I um, unfortunately spent a bit of time away from the Lord, and it was in this time that mum and dad started a little money-making initiative for me. Uh, basically, you know, the contract said for, for every chapter of the Bible that I read, reflected, and wrote a fresh revelation on, I got a buck fifty. My parents are the greatest of all time. But, you know, um, and this is, um, you know, this is a moment in my life, you know, where I have to be completely, um, completely transparent with you. Because that Bible money, it wasn't furthering the works of the kingdom, if you know what I mean. But here's the good part. Sorry, the, you know, the, the, the sandals that I was wearing at that time, the thing that I didn't even realize, the sandals I didn't even know that I was wearing were ones of ignorance, right? I was ignorant to the presence of God. But, but here's the good part. Because even if you don't know what sandals you are wearing, even if you don't know what is holding you back, if you spend enough time in the Word of God, if you spend enough time in pursuit of His truth, He can remove the sandals for you. And there came a moment in this business venture that I no longer needed to go to freshrevelation.com to copy and paste the notes that they had, but I was able to read the Word of God and immediately identify the revelation that God had for me in it. And you know, this, this, is, uh, this is something that happens, you know, this is the case for all areas of our lives. 
If you feel as though something is stopping your prayers from being answered, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. If you feel as though something is preventing you from receiving God's wisdom and guidance, Joshua 1 verse 8 says, study this book of instruction continually. If you feel as though something is hindering you from encountering God during worship, Psalm 95 verse 6 says, let us worship again and again and again. This is the transformative power of our God. You know, I didn't step into the holy ground overnight. It took time and it took consistency. And, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I am still in hot pursuit of it. Be attentive and in constant pursuit of his presence. My second point, posture in his presence, the title of today's message. Verses 11 and 12 read, Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. One of the things I love about this exchange between God and Moses in this passage is that God doesn't lose his temper with Moses, at at least not yet anyway. Um, Even though Moses protests pretty much everything that God says, right? And and this is, you know, what I think this has to do with posturing in his presence is, is to not be afraid to question God. God was the one who created us with an inquisitive nature. And so we can be rest assured knowing that God can, he's big enough to handle our objections, right? You know, we shouldn't be afraid to voice our concern, but rather we should approach him with reverence and receptiveness. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that while God wants to hear what you have to say, he wants to hear those objections that come across your mind, right? We need to remember that God is God, right? And his word is the truth. A little while ago, I, um, I was at a conference, and uh, I won't get into any specifics, but a long time ago, I was at a conference, and uh, we went along to the first uh, session there. And it got to that point in the session where they tell you to turn around and, and have a chat to the people around you. And, and I, I thoroughly enjoy doing this, right? And so I turned to the guy to my left, and I, you know, I introduced myself, and, and he, this lad, he just launches into a day. He says, hey, brother, can I stop you for a moment? I, I said, yeah, sure, what's, what's up? He says, well, I just want you to know that I speak for God. And when I tell you red flags went up, it was like I was standing on the runway and the air marshal was just waving it right in my face, eh? I was like, mate, what do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, well, God tells me things to tell other people. And I was like, you need to lead with that. Like, don't even, don't even say that first part. You know, and anyway, you know, I, I believe in the prophetic word, so I was more than happy to have a discussion with him on that. And, and uh, you know, the session went on and, and it ended and, um, you know, we said goodbye to each other and we went on our merry way. Well, so I thought, because for the rest of the weekend, it didn't matter if I was at the main meeting, at the worship sessions, if I was at the electives, this lad was right next to me. He was there in every single moment. It was like he chipped me when I, when I first met him in the first session. I think he booked the seat next to Samuel Jennings for the entire weekend. And, you know, during that weekend, it didn't matter if I was listening to the message, if I was worshiping, or even if I was on my knees in prayer, he had something from God for me. Now, if that was the case, it would have been the greatest weekend of my life. But unfortunately, 99% of the things he said to me, just, they just weren't applicable, way. Eh? It, it made no sense to me. Um, he told me about my workplace and, and the relationship that I had with my workmates and the relationship I had with management. And he informed me of some pretty specific career changes uh, that God wanted me to orchestrate. 
Now, now this is crazy because, you know, I was a uni student. I, I didn't have a job. Um, I actually hadn't even gotten into my career yet, so I'm not sure how I was going to change it into anything else. Um, but, yeah, and, and it was crazy. But I do say 99% because credit where credit's due, uh, there were a couple of times that he hit the nail on the head. And sometimes I didn't even know what he was saying was true. Um, one of those things that he said um, that I didn't know was true at the time was, uh, you know, he said to me, oh, you're in, you're in a desperate a uh, desperate search for your wife, but I want. But God wants you to know that you haven't met her yet. Now, what I forget to mention is the fact that I was sitting next to the girl I was dating at the time, and he wasn't being quiet about it either. And, and, and if there's one way to put the like put a man in the dog box, is to prophesy to him that he hasn't met his wife while he's seated next to his girlfriend. <laughs> Crazy stuff. I mean, props to him. He hit, the, he hit the money shot on that one. I met Rebecca a few years later, and the rest is history. So, heck. But, you know, I, I actually really enjoyed that weekend, and I learned a very valuable lesson from it, uh, from that experience. And, and this lesson, I believe, relates to this inquisitive nature that God has given us. You see, God gave us the ability to object things so that we could discern between truth and deception. The ability to discern between what is from God and what is not from God. You know, it needs to be sharpened and exercised and, you know, so that when we do posture ourselves in his presence, we can better receive what God has in store for us. And, you know, just as the, as the band comes back up to, to join me, um, I just want to get into my final point of today's, today's message. Posture with his presence. Posture with his presence. You know, earlier I mentioned this idea of, um, of God's presence being transformative, right? And, and we see this in Moses in this, uh, in this story. Once Moses had been in the presence of God and received his blessing, his posture shifted from one of inadequacy to one of great confidence in his Lord. I mean, in chapter 4, we have uh, Moses returning to Egypt, the very place that, you know, the only place in the world that had a death sentence over him. And he was confident enough to march back in there because he knew of who was walking with him. And so how does this apply to all of us today? Well, when Jesus returned to heaven, he bestowed upon us the Holy Spirit, which is quite literally the presence of God. The presence of God now resides within us, within his people. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells within you? In order for us to grow in the Spirit and better posture ourselves in His presence, we're to be attentive to the Spirit, constant pursuit of His truth, receptive to His response, and confident as we walk in faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your presence and its transformative power. Lord, would you just guide us as we walk this earth and bless us with the confidence to use the Spirit residing within us to further your kingdom. Lord, would you, just, would you be with us this week as we dwell on your word and your teaching, and would you help us to recognize those opportunities you provide for us to exercise our faith. Father, we thank you for your presence, and we thank you, Lord, that you have saved us through the power of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, 
Or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.